And it is the final day of Bold Predictions Week here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. We've done Jake. I'm Bird. We've done Bird. And now, roles are reversed. I'm hosting. Adam, you gave me shit last week about my paraphrasing, selfish take about how that show was all about me. When I said that, didn't like that too much. But now I get to return the favor and I get to tell you the show is all about you. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I will, in my defense, I did think you were talking about the podcast as a whole and not just the episode. I have no comment on the matter. Which I would, which if you had. If that was actually what you were talking about, I would have taken offense to. Because I'm, listen, I'm used to the whole my listeners thing. So I was kind of prepared. I was like, oh, here we go again with this. At the advice of my counsel, I'm choosing to invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege. But I am excited uh, for bold predictions and going through um, only one New York Jet on my bold predictions. So. Yeah, it was interesting. You're you're the only one who's being a little bit partisan. Jake did not have any New York Jets in his. I didn't have any Cowboys in mine. Yeah, I think that this one might be a might be a bit of a reach, but I still think that no such thing as a reach. It's both both predictions. If they happen, great. You look like a genius. If not, if not, then we can't we can't be crucified for it because that's why they're bold. That's why we do these. It's why they're fun. If, if past uh, history is anything to go by, one of these is going to be correct. Because apparently I get one of these correct per year. Your batting average is a <laughs> lot higher than than Jake and I when it comes to these bold predictions. There's always one or two that you manage to hit on every single year. So I'm like, I'm like going to be yeah. taking notes of, of everything that you say. I mean, it could be wrong. I don't know. Tony, I'm in... Tony Pollard, that was kind of an interesting one. That one was like a you had to see the writing on the wall. I think a lot of people were saying that Tony Pollard was going to be better. I think a lot than of people Zeke. saw the writing. People saw the writing on the wall, but I don't think people saw just how grave of a difference it was. Oh yeah, it was crazy. How much better the Cowboys' offense looked with Tony Pollard on the field. I mean, th- disregard how much better Pollard looked looked the versus Zeke. Just how much better the Cowboys' offense as a whole looked when Tony Pollard was on the field. So that was a uh, very, very good uh, Adam Caster uh, take that you managed to uh, to get right. So I guess for anybody who's listening, maybe this is the show that you want to listen to <laughs> because Adam's Adam's track record is pretty good. Something, something, broken clocks, blind squirrels, that sort of thing. Something like that. Something like yeah. that. Yes. And I have, I, I do have my uh, my ranks fully updated. Um, I did say on the weekend program that I was going to update my ranks, and I did. I did update uh, the the ranks today. I moved Nick Chubb into my top 20. Uh, anything else that was significant? I dropped Darren Jones out of my top 40. I don't know if that, like, is... Wow. Yeah, I, it's a weird one. 
It's a weird with Aaron Jones. He's still a top 20 running back for me, but he's outside my top 40 overall. It's we'll have lots of time to talk, to talk about Aaron Jones. It's it, it's it's a weird situation that I just find myself in with Aaron Jones. It's it, it's odd, odd, but we'll uh we'll have plenty of time to uh to talk about it as we uh as we get going through divisional previews, which we will be getting to within the next like week or two. We yeah, get meanwhile, to those- fantasy. I was gonna say, meanwhile, fantasy pros is Aaron Jones as uh, the twenty seventh overall player in full. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I am a lot lower than the uh, than the consent than the consensus is. But then again, where does the consensus of Calvin Ridley? Uh, surprised I didn't make any. I didn't make any predictions about Calvin Ridley, and neither did you. Uh, the consent. Overall or wide receiver? Overall. Oh, this is going to be harder to find. The number uh, that I have here is 51st. Is that correct? No, that's George Kittle. Kittle 51st. I, I'm lower on Kittle then, too. I've Kittle, I have Kittle at 71. Yeah, where the heck is Calvin Ridley? I would imagine. Oh, there we I, go. 60. I, he's 60. at 60? Yeah. Oh, I have it sixty-five. Okay, it's, that's that's not too big of a uh, of a discrepancy. So here's the funny thing, and this could be a whole deal. Here's the ten players. Here's the five players before and five players after for Ridley. You have Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, Dallas Goddard, Jerry Judy, and Lamar Jackson all ahead of Ridley, and then right yeah. after the five right after are. Joe Burrow, Tyrell Lockett, Christian Watson, Kyle Pitts, and David Montgomery. I think I have every single player that you just mentioned in the ones that are behind ahead of Cal- of Calvin Ridley, except for Montgomery. Yeah. Say those names one more time. Uh, Burrow, Lockett, Watson, Pitts, Montgomery. Burrow I have ahead. Watson I have ahead. Lockett I have ahead. Pitts I have ahead. Montgomery I have behind. Yeah, all those guys that you that you just mentioned are 50, 54th, 55th, 56th, and 69th in my ranks. Oh, nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very indeed. nice for David Montgomery. Very, very, very nice indeed. He gets the mention this week of being uh, the, the, the nice player overall. All right. Let's just Ooh, crack fa- one of your favorite player. One of your favorite players is actually the nice over the nicest overall player on fantasy pros according to to the consensus christian kirk he's one of my boys he's a very 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 nice boy i like christian kirk he's a he's a good man so anyway let's get into bowl predictions yeah let's crack (laughs) let's crack into it all right quarterback the way the way this works for those of you that are new those of you that didn't listen to the first two because you're just waiting for Adams because he's got a higher batting average than Jake and I. One quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end, and one overall fun pick that he wants to share with the class. So, Adam, your quarterback bold prediction, please, sir, is? All right. Well, uh, let me uh, step away for a second and go get my Jets jersey. Because I I haven't gotten an Aaron Rodgers one yet, but it's about Aaron Rodgers, and this might be a little crazy, 
or not, because he's only at 15th in the consensus. But I think he's going to finish in the top 10 at the end of the season. It's not really that bold. No, let's, I think it's a very safe prediction. Yeah. Well, the question is, I guess really the question is then, maybe maybe the bold part here is, so my top 10 right now in my ranks, I have it. I'll just leave the top four out of it. Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow. Out of Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. Who finishes outside the top 10 that allows Aaron Rodgers to get in there? Ooh, I have the chance to really make you make you mad. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I think knowing what we know now, it might be Deshaun Watson just because, I mean, if they signed DeAndre Hopkins as they're, they're rumored to be doing, who knows um, what's going on in that situation. It, that might change. And it, it could realistically also be Dak. It's those two guys on the outside could be, could be uh, finishing outside the top 10. Or even at 11, like not even like they're trading spots with Aaron Rodgers where they're going to be at 15 and Rodgers is going to be at nine or 10. But yeah. This is going to sound absolutely psychotic. But does Sean Watson take, I completely disagree. I could not disagree more. I know. The DAC take. I kind of could get on board with because this is a stat that I discovered the other day when I was just doing some, some fun research that I know that I normally do because I'm weird and I like to kill my day looking up weird, quirky fantasy stats that help me in my line of work from 20, from 2017 to 2020 Dak Prescott. I want to get the number exactly right. 20, we'll, we'll include 2016. We'll include 2016 as well. Wait, are they including 20? Are they including like the four or five games of 2020? Or is it? Yeah, 2020 oh. included. Okay. From 2016 to 2020, Dak Prescott had 24 rushing touchdowns. Adam, oh. how many touchdown rushing touchdowns do you think Dak Prescott had? In 2021 and 2022 combined. Ooh. I don't know, like five? Less. Zero? Two. Two? Two. Oh my, my God. Yeah. It, it's that inside that inside zone play that they that they like to run with Zeke and Dak that they really ran with great success in that five-year stretch ever since Dak signed the contract and then had the injury they've really limited Dak to being just a a pocket passer who's going to live and die by the numbers that he's that he's putting up and if you look at his 2022 season in 12 games he was on pace to be about a 4,000 yard passer with about 30 touchdowns or so the Cowboys offense is good. Is just going to be so good. But the question is, of course, with Dak, it's about availability. 
And uh, honestly, the rushing numbers suck. And, you know, it's funny because I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I feel like Dak hasn't been as mobile as he, as he was before. He and I looked at the numbers and his last full season, he had 277 rushing yards. That was 2019. Uh, these past two years, he had 182 last year and then 146 the year before. He had more rushing touchdowns in five games of 2020 than he had in that stretch in that two year stretch in the last two years, basically. Well, you know, 2020, it, 2021, he did play a full season. He just said he sat uh, the last last game of the year. No, no, I know. Well, yeah, I'm saying in. OK, but still. He had more rushing yards in less games last year. But still below 200. Um, yeah, but Dak is it's Dak just is not a also... great. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, and then, I mean, Zeke isn't there anymore. Are those goal line runs going to be going to Tony Pollard or maybe they bring Zeke back or who else, whoever else is going to be there? Yeah, I, I just think, don't know. I, I think they bring, they, they're bringing back, whether whether they bring back Zeke or, or somebody else, I just have a hard time thinking that the Cowboys are going to be relying on uh, Tony Pollard and then one of Deuce Vaughn or Ronald Jones to to be the complimentary piece like I just have a really really hard time thinking that that's going to be the Cowboys wow solution to the complimentary running game because they, they, they've said this and Tony Pollard has said this as well he's not a guy that's going to be a 30 touch back that's just not his game and you and I don't want that to be to be his game you cap you cap him out at 22 touches that's fine that that's terrific like that's cool I'm good with that um so but back to the Aaron Rodgers point I, I do agree I do agree I, th- I think Dak could easily fall out of the top 10 the only thing that I worry about with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets and I've really thought about this the Brees Hall factor is important because I look at Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Jones and how often Aaron Rodgers really looked to incorporate the running backs into what he does. And who came back last year after they had an ACL tear in 2021 and really was superb or even back at half their best? Chris Godwin? And that's kind of it. I mean, Cam, a- Cam Akers had the had the Achilles, not the same injury, but catastrophic enough injury. He wasn't the same arguably worse till the end of the season. He, he won people championships at the end of the season. That's that's my king. Cam no, Akers. Well, the, no, the injury, the injury is oh, worse. Yes, yes, for a running back, and absolutely a- without a doubt. And, and an Achilles, I think in general, an Achilles injury is worse than an ACL tear. I yeah. mean, it's splitting hairs, but especially for a running back, I mean, it basically. You know, I just saw um, on Reddit that James Robinson got waived by the Patriots. Yep. You know, his career got derailed by that Achilles injury Big that time. he suffered. Big time. So, yeah, I that's the thing. I mean, um, the Jets have Brees Hall. They have um, Israel. I forget his last name. Abanacanda. Yeah, Abanacanda. Israel, Abanacanda. Uh, Michael Carter might be here, might not be here. Uh, Bam Knight might be here, might not be here. 
it's a factor. And I think another factor is a, the jets are cursed because Joe name that sold a soul to win super bowl three. So I don't think good things necessarily happen all the time for the New York jets, but in realistic terms, the jets might not be throwing as much if they're good. They'll be running the ball more, which will be bad. A little bit worse for Aaron Rodgers numbers necessarily. I don't know. I still think that he's going to finish in the top 10. I mean, the, the other running back that I wanted to point out as well was, was J.K. Dobbins. I mean, J.K. Dobbins was sensational to end the year. It could take Brees Hall half a season for him to get back to to his best. And there's no guarantee either that Brees Hall is going to be ready to go in week one. And if it's not Brees Hall, is there a running back on this roster that's going to be able to do the things that Aaron Rodgers is going to want? And as Adam pointed out, your Izzy Abanacandas, your Michael Carters, um, your Bam Knights, your is Ty Johnson still on the roster? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But in in any event, you're going to need someone that could step up and 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 do the things that Brees Hall was doing for the likes of Zach Wilson and and Mike White and Joe Flacco. Or any Actually, of the I guys. Brees Hall and Mike White started in a, in a game together. I did that. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. So maybe you'll have to ch- you'll have to uh, check me on that one. But I mean, because Bruce Holt tore his ACL in the in the Denver game. Yeah, and Zach Denver Wilson. Game. Zach was still starting. Mike White didn't start. I think until the Chicago game. That was his first start of the year. Right. So, well, but I, I think I think you know most most people you know get the get the chance. Um, you need you need if Aaron Rodgers is going to be as successful as we are thinking that he is going to be. I think you need a strong running game around him because Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger. And I highly, highly doubt that the New York Jets are going to be wanting Aaron Rodgers to be dropping back and throwing the ball five, I don't know, 520 plus times. Well, it's not about what. The which I believe he's Jets won won. It's, five years in a row. It's about what Aaron, about what Aaron Rodgers wants. They hired his puppet as an offensive coordinator. It's a, it's about what Rodgers wants. And if you live and die by what Aaron, but Aaron Rodgers wants as a thir- as a thirty nine year old quarterback who definitely showed signs of slowing down last year, then the Jets are set up for disaster. Yeah, there's no, there is no well, question. I... There is no question that the arm talent of Aaron Rodgers is still there. But going back and watching Aaron Rodgers from last year, there were picks that were being thrown by Aaron Rodgers that in previous years were not being picked off. Now, you could blame a young, inexperienced receiving core. You could blame Aaron Rodgers maybe being a little bit less sharp than what he's what he's been in the past. But the bottom line is you want to blame a – young inexperienced receiving core what's he walking into with with the, with the new york jets it's kind of the same thing like but sure you, well, have alan, you have alan lazard you have his good buddy randall cobb great guy and you have garrett wilson who i who i will admit garrett wilson is better than any receiver that was on the packers last year by a million miles you gotta hope that aaron Rodgers is gonna have that sort of connection and chemistry with those receivers and is gonna be able to learn the offense which 
Honestly, he's played in this offense before. I don't think it's much of a concern, but important to note nonetheless. But with all of the concerns that I have about Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, and there are a bunch that I don't think a lot of people are talking about because this is New York Jets mania right now, and everyone is so pumped up and amped up about the Jets. There are concerns that have to be that have to be noted. But for fantasy, there's no doubt that Aaron Rodgers can be can be a top. 10 quarterback there's no there's no doubt about it and there's also the the thing that we're not talking about which is there's the potential for uh, for an injury to happen if there's an injury that happens to one of these top 10 guys then it just makes the pathway for Aaron Rodgers to be a top 10 quarterback much more viable well listen let's not get into the into the realm of predicting injuries nope I never I never do it you you know my rule that's bad karma I don't want that you know my rule I don't do it that is, I don't want that evil. I, it's just not. It doesn't feel right to do that. I don't do. I don't do it. All right, moving All on. Right, so your, running back. Your running back. Bold prediction, please. Jameer Gibbs of the Detroit Lions um, will finish outside the top twenty-five running backs in full. Wow. Your rationale, please. Yes. Uh, see the 2022 Detroit Lions. Even though they Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are no longer there, it's just that backfield is a mess. And there's like no lead guy. They signed David Mon- they didn't sign David Montgomery to not play him. I just and Jameer Gibbs is going to be, you know, he's going to be an electric player, but there, there's some stiff competition for from guys um, in that range that could kick him out of the uh, top 25. So one of the projections that I actually have done is Jameer Gibbs. I have Jameer Gibbs down for 185 carries. 792 yards, seven rushing touchdowns with 45 catches, 357 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Nine total touchdowns basically equates to about 213 fantasy points. Based on my projections, that is comfortably inside the inside the top 24. I don't see this one, to be honest. And I've really started to come around on on Jameer Gibbs. And when DeAndre Swift was healthy last year, and granted, he was not healthy at all, but when they had the full complement of Swift and Williams last year, and both of them were going, they were pretty good. And I think the Detroit Lions have mastered the art of being able to utilize two running backs. What I will say, I think the floor is a lot safer with David Montgomery. As painful as that is to say, I think Montgomery is going to be, and we've talked about this. I think Montgomery is going to be your Jamal Williams and Jameer Gibbs is going to be your DeAndre Swift. Montgomery, the thunder and Gibbs, the lightning. The only way that I could potentially see that happening is if Jabir Gibbs is slow out of the gate and they just give David Montgomery full run at it. 
which would be a a mess. I mean, the other side of the coin is they didn't draft Jameer Gibbs in the position that they drafted him to not play him. But also, it I just don't. I mean, maybe this is more of like a personal thing, but last year having the the full Detroit Lions backfield, it just was not a fun time, like at all. And I feel like it was it was like a game of whack a mole, almost. I liked it because I had I had Jamal Williams, so I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I had liked both it a whole lot. One point, both of the, having both of them kind of sucked because it was like, who do you start? And who's because it's like two roster spots at that point. Um, but I just don't, I, I don't know. And there's always like last year, there was a game, I forget what game it was. Maybe it was the Jets game, like some random third string running back on the line scored like three touchdowns. Might have been the Jets game. You know what I'm talking about or what I'm talking about? No. No, was it? I, th- I thought on. it was a tight end because I know there were, there was there were a few tight ends that had three touchdown games, or maybe it was was it like Shane Zilstra that had like three touchdowns against Carolina or something like that? I don't, I, I'm, that I'm might not be. sure. But the, the while you look that up, the main point that I wanted to get at too is if you're looking at it for uh, points points per game on a points per game basis, the Lions running backs were 16th and 18th in full point PPR on a points per game basis. DeAndre Swift averaged 13.7 points per contest. Jamal Williams averaged 13.3. If you're getting that out of Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, maybe a little bit more if if Gibbs can, can stay healthy, which obviously would help, you're talking about a potentially really, really special fantasy asset i think the the biggest gripe though that, I, that i'm going to have with the detroit lions guys is are we so sure that this offense is going to be what it was last year could last year potentially be an outlier maybe i personally don't think so but that's that's the downside to it if there is one i think i was thinking of uh, shane zelstra it was against Carolina. Yeah. But they also have, like, they like to have a, a number of guys run the ball, not just running backs. You know, Jared Goff, Khalif Raymond, if he's still there, your boy, Amon Ross St. Brown. They like Great to guy. use him out, like, do you use him out of the backfield? I think he's, he got a couple rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, Justin Jackson, if he's still there, I don't know. No, he's not. Oh, so, he's not. But three of those guys are, or four, I guess, if you want to okay. count Jared Goff. So, so then let me ask let me ask you this. Let's, let's just make it really simple. Who would you rather have, Jameer Gibbs or Damian Pierce? Jameer Gibbs or Damian Pierce? Uh, Full point PPR. I think I'd rather, at this point, I think I'd rather have Pierce. Interesting. I have Gibbs one spot higher. Gibbs or James Conner? That's a good question. Um, probably Gibbs. I have Connor two spots higher. Gibbs or DeAndre Swift. That's even funnier. Um, I think I have Swift. 
I give six spots higher. Give okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've agreed on we've disagreed on every single one. I'll give you one more. What else is new? If Dalvin Cook goes to the Dolphins, Dalvin Cook or Jameer Gibbs? Uh, Dalvin Cook. I think I'd rather have Dalvin Cook as well. Uh, Dalvin Cook on the Broncos or Jameer Gibbs? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare. Doomsday. Oh, stop that. Don't even put that out into the universe. I Uh, fucking hope not. (laughs) Um... I would probably say, I'd say Gibbs. I would say scenario. Gibbs comfortably in that scenario. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one more: Dalvin Cook on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Jameer Gibbs. Ooh, and they'd be sharing with Rashad White. Hmm. Mm, I think I'd rather have Gibbs. I. Th- Think I'd rather have Gibbs too, but that's close. That's close. It's definitely close. It's closer. It's closer. All right. So running back, running back covered. Yes. Couldn't disagree All more right. on that one. So we're off to a flyer. Uh, wide receiver, please. That's how. That's how we go here on the Bull Prediction Show. I like it. I like it. I don't disagree with people too often on the show. Jake and I. Jake and I are just too similar. We just agreed. I think on all of his bold, bold predictions, I agreed on every last one of them. Maybe he was tailoring it to me. I have no idea. Yes, very conflict avoidant on the Base of Talk podcast fantasy show. With 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 Jake, <laughs> never. There's no, there's, no, there's no such thing. He scoffed. He scoffed at the take that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba would be the uh, would be the highest scoring receiver for the Seahawks in 2023, and he was not happy about that one. Meanwhile, in the uh, Hot takes uh, column on Fantasy Pros, which, by the way, I am in. You should go check that out, fantasypros.com. Um, one of the bold predictions was Jackson Smith and Jigwood would be the highest scoring Seahawks receiver in full point PPR. I was like, yes. It was like that uh, that picture of Leonardo DiCaprio. I think that's in uh, Wolf of Wall Street where he's pointing at the TV. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It, liter- <laughs> vindicated. That's all I got to say. Fucking vindicated. <laughs> Uh, Adam, your wide receiver bold prediction, please. Yes. I, you know, as I woke up this morning, I actually thought about. Did you get yourself a gun? No. No, I did not. I appreciate the reference, though. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about, like, you know what? I could have easily just made a Seahawk uh, bold prediction because of JSN and that whole thing. Um, But I didn't. It's going to be about. Drake London, guy that I don't like. All right. <laughs> Noted guy that I don't like, or player that I don't like. I don't know who he is as a person, but uh, Drake London. For a minute, finished. I was like, I don't know who he is. I was like, I was like, wait, what? Drake London, person who may or may not play on the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I apologize. Could be, could be made up. Who knows? Yes, it could, could could just be in a, in a complete time warp and Drake London doesn't exist. Continue. It's all a simulation. Uh, just kidding. Drake London, who very much exists and is very much on the Atlanta Falcons, will finish outside the top 30 in full. Did I say in full? I did say in full. Okay. 
I don't hate that one. I don't hate it. But That's can my I price ask coming you, from you? Can I ask you, is it because of the talent? Is it because of the offense? Not his talent. Is it the quarterback? Yeah, it's that. Or <laughs> is it that you just think B. John Robinson is going to get a million yards? It's it's or or like a sprinkling of everything. Well, like I said in response to one of yours, it's not his talent that's the problem. It's the team. It's the quarter. Well, not Bijan Robinson. He's very talented. It's the quarterback play, and it's and it is Bijan Robinson in like the way the offense is, because I feel like. Our two predictions are well, my prediction about Drake London and your prediction about Bijan Robinson are like two halves to that could fit together. Because really, if Bijan Robinson is the is the RB1 in fantasy, then that could have a, a butterfly effect of Drake London finish finishing outside the top 30. I would also add in Jake's piece about Kyle Pitts. As well with with Kyle Pitts and his bold prediction. I'm not going to say exactly what it is for people that, that didn't hear, but <laughs> it is a positive Kyle Pitts take. So that could also apply. Wow, we've we, we've just covered the three headed monster in Atlanta. All of us, just great, great job, everybody. Awesome. The Trinity. We didn't even plan that. Nope, nope. Did not plan that. Did not communicate that at all. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I. And wide receiver is so deep, bro. It's so deep. It is. Indeed it is. I mean, you have to be real good to be in the top 30 this year. Let's see where I have Drake London right now. The consensus has him at 20, by the way. I am at 22. I am at 22, but the problem is he's kind of in that middle range of receiver for me. Where I'm kind of just like, eh, between him, Debo, McLaurin, Godwin, and Pittman. All those guys, I'm just really, eh, like they don't, they don't move me as much. But I don't hate the take. Well, here's because, the thing. I mean, as we what? know. I love Bijan. Yeah. Here's the I thing. also love Kyle Pitts. What changed last year in that you would say actually was in Drake London's favor for the Atlanta Falcons? Basically nothing. The offense was also a nightmare. The offense the was same a nightmare. Offense. The offense wasn't. Well, I, I wouldn't say that because now they actually have. Now they have a running back. They have so a running back. A, a, it's a, worse a, for Drake London. A damn good running back. Well, you see, yes and no, because if they have the running game and they can set things up with the running game, the play action, in theory, is supposed to open up the downfield passing game, which should help the likes of Drake London, should help the likes of Kyle Pitts. And the Falcons' offensive line actually looks to be half decent. It doesn't look to be that bad. The Falcons could be one of those teams that if, if if things work out for them, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if they potentially made a run in a very weak NFC South. I mean, New Orleans should be the front runners in, the, in that division for sure. 
But then after that, you have Tampa, who have their own concerns at at quarterback. Their defense is a lot worse than what it's been in, in the past few years. Carolina are a full-on rebuilding team. It's a big year for Arthur Smith, and they, and they have to show that there is some level of progress there with the with the Atlanta Falcons. I don't hate the take, though, because I'm also not a Drake London guy. I'm not going to have a lot of Drake London. Well, I mean, for the Falcons, you just hope that Desmond Ritter takes that next step. Takes a step. Takes a step. Well, yeah, because he was, you know, he was drafted as a project quarterback, really. Very much so. Very much so. He was going to be sit on the bench and maybe you get a chance in, in in a year or two. That's what Jake and I both had him as uh, coming and out. And they threw him into the fire, basically. Yeah, at the end of, at the end of the year, yeah, when when Mariota was uh, was injured, because that worked out so well for Malik Willis. Well, but I, I Desmond Ritter can throw a football. <laughs> Malik Willis needs to completely revamp how he throws a football, and he may not get the chance to do that in Tennessee because they just drafted a guy who could throw a football out of a stadium. Yes, but I don't hate the take. I don't hate it because there are so many guys in this 30 range that I really, really like. I mean, you have Mike Williams, who the Mike Williams hate. I'm kind of saying to myself, Mike Williams could be okay. I'm shocked that Mike. So Mike Williams is 29. Uh, that's where I have census. I'm that's like, right. That's where I have it. I'm how is he that low? Up. How is he that low? Because of Quentin Johnston. That's why. Yeah. Because of Quentin Johnston, you know, people are going to think that, you know, Quentin Johnston was drafted to replace Mike Williams. And I I, I, under, I understand why. But then again, I'm also saying to myself, well, if Quentin Johnston is not the guy in year one and you're drafting Mike Williams as the wide receiver 29, he, that's going to be immediate value because Mike Williams is going to be good if he could stay healthy, which, of course, is the, is the huge caveat. But – he could sneak in. Obviously, have to have to count Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, the two Jacksonville guys, uh, Brandon Ayuk, who I think could play a pretty significant role considering I'm down on on, on Debo, Jahan Dotson, who we all know. Mwah, that is chef's kiss. That is beautiful chef's kiss. Um, and I honestly, I look at the two Pittsburgh guys as well, and I think one of them, one of them might come out. And and honestly. The George Pickens hype train that we're on right now, I don't really get it. And I really? don't know if that's like a hot take. But a little I bit. Don't I don't get it when you're comparing him to Deontay Johnson. And I know Deontay Johnson didn't score a touchdown last year, but Deontay Johnson was much was much safer in catches and in yards. In full point PPR, what more do you need? It, I think people just like the flashy PPR, In non-PPR, sure. But in half and in full, I don't really understand it. But then you have the outside guys. Your Jordan Addisons, your Traylon Burkses, your Elijah, give me, give me something. So I, I really think could have a nice little role to play in, in Cleveland. Then, of course, Jackson Smith and Jigba, say Flowers. The rookies. One of those rookie receivers is going to pop. It's just a, it's just a matter of which one is, is it going to be in, in year one. So there are plenty of candidates that are outside that top 24, 25 range. 
that could very easily leapfrog into that that pushes Drake London out if Drake London is inconsistent or if this Falcons offense just sucks with the passing game and they're just relying on B. John Robinson to take all the work. So I don't hate the take, Adam. I, I despise the Jameer Gibbs take. That one I like. <laughs> all right. Uh, this one is kind of serious. It would be cool, like as a as a poetry set kind of thing, um, but or I don't even think it would be really poetic. But it would just be kind of a cool thing, kind of wishful thinking, because tight end was a really hard uh, position to do a bowl prediction for. Uh, Greg Dolchich, John Payton turns Greg Dolchich into Jimmy Graham. In what way? Well, he scores a lot of touchdowns. How many touchdowns? Basically, how many touchdowns? I didn't put a number to it. Um, probably how many? No, this is not. Well, I could I could try and pull up uh, Jimmy Graham's numbers. Here we go. So at most, Jimmy at Jimmy Graham's peak, he had. 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, then 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns. Was that the 2017? 2017, he had like a million touchdowns. 2017, he had 520 yards and 10 touchdowns. Oh. That was with Seattle. That was with Seattle. With, I remember. with Russell Wilson. Some guy, with some guy named Russell Wilson, yes. Yeah, I had him that year. That was great. What do you... <sighs> I think he could get 10 touchdowns. Oof. here's my problem with that one let's just say he does get 10 touchdowns right yeah are there 20 other touchdowns that go into that team into that offense this is do the do, do we think the broncos are a lock to score 30 touchdowns let's just start let's just start with that question do we think the Broncos get 30 touchdowns this year? Here's the thing. Russell will the the uh eventuality of Russell Wilson actually bouncing back and being good again is doing a lot of work for this bowl in this bowl prediction. It's doing like basically all the heavy lifting. Here he is again. The the Russ the Russell Wilson fanboy was in hiding for a full year and he's <laughs> back and better than ever. Listen, he might. Sean Payton might be just the guy for Russell Wilson. Is anybody who's going to be able to, to unlock that? I agree with you. It, it is Sean Payton. It could, probably the best possible person that they could have brought in for what was ailing the Broncos last year. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Russell Wilson coming back to form, like I said, doing a lot of work for this bull prediction. And if he does, then I do think the Broncos have 30 touchdowns in them. See, I think they could have 30. Hmm. Oh man. That's like. Well, so here's the thing, even without Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, I mean, Greg Dolchich, Dolchich only scored two touchdowns last year, but he was a he was a factor. We were talking about him almost every week at the end of the season as a guy that you could possibly start. 
Yeah, but I think that was more that was more to do with the fact that tight end was just so bad, and not that Greg Dolchich was a guy that we really wanted to start. Like if you did start him, the last four games he played, he was a top fifteen tight end, including two top ten finishes in three out of those four until he missed the final two uh, games of the season. I just, uh, I don't see it. Awesome, do I. It's more wishful thinking than anything. And it's kind of funny. And it's not because I, I, I hate the talent of Greg Dolchich. I don't. It's that I just kind of think that, I kind of think Russell Wilson is done. I mean, listen. And listen, I am not a Russell Wilson guy. I have never I, been a Russell Wilson guy. I know. I know. So take what you will from that statement. I think he's done. But that well, is it's ye- from the year 11. That's the massive skeptic that's in me. Like I have, I have Russell Wilson now. I moved him down today. He's my QB 20. Wow. And for what it's worth, for what it's worth as well, um, because I know some people are going to be like, uh, Jordan Love fanboy, Jordan Love fanboy, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, I put Kyler Murray ahead of, of Russ. So what I'm getting at is I would rather a guy that <laughs> won't play for half ACL. the season. Who has an ACL at the moment over Russell Wilson? Ooh. I mean, I am not I'm not a Russell Wilson guy, and I, I just don't want to buy stock into this Denver offense either. Like I think another I mean, part of it, as I'm thinking about it, I mean the wide receivers outside of Jerry Judy, and even maybe a little bit of Jerry Judy, are kind of uninspired. And that could and that's kind of what led to Greg Dolchich being good in the first place. Is that the Broncos receivers were terrible or injured yeah, or Courtney both. Courtland Sutton was hurt. Uh Jerry Judy was was pretty much spotty and they really didn't have any anybody else. Um, I think Tim Pat was this the year that Tim Patrick tore his ACL or last year was that the year they tore his ACL? No, Tim uh Tim Patrick was out, yes. Yeah. And but it's like do I really and I I, I get it. He's free. Greg Dolchich, he's free. And as a potential guy that you're investing in and hoping that's going to be growth stock in 2023, sure. Absolutely. Go for it. Because second year tight end. Have at it. Like I I I get it. I just wonder though if I'm gonna be more interested in maybe taking the chance on a guy like, say, Trey McBride or a Dalton Kincaid. Let me just see. Do I have Dalton Kincaid higher or do I have – I have Dalton higher than Kincaid. Yeah. Take the chance on oh. Kincaid. Take the chance on a Sam Laporta. Take the chance on a Michael Mayer, someone like that over a Greg Dolchers. The Dalton Kincaid one I think is a great one. Like the, the Sam Laporta two to an extent is fine. The Michael Mayer one, I don't know if I love that just because, you know, how many how many touchdowns are there going to really be in Las Vegas, too? 
And I don't really know if I want to put stock into an offense that's being led by Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels. Hey, Jimmy, to be quite honest. Jimmy G loves his Jimmy G loves his tight ends. He does. And he so does. is Josh McDaniels. And I'm not I'm not saying that's a it's a terrible shout to go and invest in Michael Mayer in like 12, 14 team leagues. But in a ten in a 10 team league, I don't know if I really love it. Uh and even like a even a Jawan Johnson. Derek Carr loves his tight ends. And and if anybody would know how much Derek Carr loves his tight ends, it would be Adam because Adam is a known follower of Derek Carr in his career. I think Jawan Johnson could be worth a great stab and he's costing you nothing. God, watch this. Watch the Greg Dolchich prediction be the one that the one I get right. Oh, yeah. I would have to really eat some crow on that one. That would be really eat crow. I wouldn't even be able to like justifiably take credit for it because it was like the the basically it was like a meme bull prediction at this point. Yeah, that would really, really, really suck if that does come true because I have to eat some serious crap. And then your final overall encompassing bull prediction. What do you got? Um, it's a wide receiver one, and it's okay. about your favorite team. Not actually, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. The, the Eagles guys, Dev- uh, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, will both finish inside the top, what did I say, top 10? I think I did. Top 10 in full PPR. Hmm. Both of them. Huh. I don't hate it. I would even say I borderline like it. It's going to be tough because basically, you know, AJ Brown's already in the top 10. He's well, safe. Devonta Smith was uh, a low end wide receiver one last year too. No, I know. And he was at 13, but he has to pass. Um, in, in according to the consensus, anyway, he would have to pass. T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, and Amon Ross St. Brown just to get to number nine and be right next to AJ Brown. For for what it's worth, I have AJ Brown at 10 and I have Devonta I have Devonta Smith at 14. Okay. So I, I'm I'm already there with AJ Brown. I, I'm already there. Yeah. It, and I think a lot of people are. It's Devonta Smith getting into the top ten. How does he do it? Well, he has to be more consistent is the thing. Oh, I would I would say that DeMonta Smith was fairly consistent. I mean, he had a stretch. Okay, maybe not. I maybe I take that back because he did have a stretch where he did he did not post a top 19 week from week six all the way to week 12. All right. So yeah, yeah, Adam, you you got me on that one. Well, the thing oh, is, I completely forgot that he had a zero in week one. I completely forgot about that. Me too. Well, that that game was nonsense. And then just. Because yeah, like, he scored, the Eagles scored 38 points and Devonta Smith didn't have a catch. Oh, that's rough. Oh, my God. I, 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 oh, my God. That mailbag, that mailbag in week two was absolute chaos because of it. Oh man, I remember that. I think I know what episode of our podcast I'm listening to over the weekend. 
Because now I want to I want to remember that. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I I've listened to it too. Um, or maybe it was the review show or something like that. I don't know. It was something from that week. But the way that Devonta Smith does it, more touchdowns. That's the way. He yeah. gets he gets eight nine touchdowns, which are extraordinarily doable. Yeah, he could do it. He it's could, how AJ Brown did it. AJ yeah, Brown scored a million touchdowns last year. Uh, how many? How many touchdowns did um, AJ Brown have? Did he have eleven? I think he did have eleven career high. Tied tied a career high. Tied it, yeah, because he had eleven in twenty twenty. Yes, it's doable. Yeah, it's it's very doable. And then, and, and even with Jalen Hurts, if he continues the upward trajectory that he's on right now, of the Eagles is looking to put more on his shoulders, and I mean, they hell they paid him to be their franchise guy. So if he can up those pass attempts to close to 500 if he has 500 pass attempts and if they're that's the thing too is a lot of the games that that the eagles were in a lot of them there were points where the eagles were just running the ball and that was it the that's eagles def- defensively in the secondary especially the Eagles have gotten a little bit worse, a little bit, and that's being very nitpicky because that that Eagles defense is still really, really, really good. If the Eagles defense concedes more points, games are a little bit closer, and late in games, Jalen Hurts consistently having to throw the ball a little bit more. That only does wonders for the numbers of AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. So, in short. I think that's a very, very doable uh, bold prediction that having both the Eagles receivers in the top 10 could happen at the end of the season. Will it be pretty getting there? Probably not because they're going to eat into each other at times. But at the end of the year, could they both be there? Yes, they definitely can be. I don't mind that take, Adam. Well, if that's the case and that actually happens, then I would uh, not – I would avoid Dallas Goddard where you can because there's not going to be enough room for Dallas Goddard at this table. Yeah, and, and and Dallas Goddard too for for what it's worth. He's just very he's very boring. He's very boring. He's very safe. He'll be your 50-60 catch guy. 6 7 800 yards, your 4 5 touchdowns. Week to week he'll be pretty steady at a tight end position which really you know it's just kind of like you know it's just the tight end position it kind of sucks he'll be steady he'll have a week where he goes nuts and, and and that's it but for the most part he's just gonna be your your plateau flatline sort of uh sort of tight end and and if it moves anybody anybody at all I move Kyle Pitts above him today Might get some thing. interesting messages as a result of that. I did. I did the thing. I did the thing. Kyle Kyle Pitts is now above Dallas Goddard. That's uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm not really a, a Kyle Pitts guy. Is the thing. Value, Adam. Value is juicy. What's not value if you keep if you rank him if he's ranking high? You can't. It's not value. 
Sure it is. In my ranks, it is. What? What's where? Where is he in the uh, in the overalls right now? Oh, overalls. Um, I I pretty sure I said that Kyle Pitts is sixty four. Dallas Goddard is fifty seven. Okay, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Okay, you you did say that. My apologies. Yeah. I just want to see where he's going in the um in the ADP. Maybe that is what I want to look at. 67th. Going around f- one, two, three, going around six. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I like that a lot. My Plus man. Potential. My man, Kyle Pitts. Cannot cannot believe that I am on the Kyle Pitts bandwagon, but full turn coat over here. Here I am. I'm not even the highest on him, too. There people there's something that happens as the tight end three. That's that's a bit much. Is it though? Over Hawkinson and Kittle? Well, Kittle. That. Yeah. Kittle. Hawkinson? Hawkinson, though? Hawkins, Hawkinson, yeah. That's that's the debate. That's definitely the debate. Well, that's a whole other thing. Um, it was fun with the bold predictions. Do you want me to, I'll just read mine off again just so people please. know. Yeah, please do. So quarterback, Aaron Rodgers will finish the season as a top 10 quarterback. Running back, Jameer Gibbs will finish outside the top 25 running backs in full point PPR. Wide receiver, Drake London finishes outside the top 30 wide receivers in full point PPR. Tight end, this is verbatim what I wrote down. Greg Dolchich turns into Jimmy Graham, essentially. Word for word. That's. (laughs) Can you tell that I did this late at night? Okay. Uh, That's a sleepy Adam take. (laughs) If I write stream of consciousness, that's how you know I'm tired. If I write in stream of consciousness, that's how you know I'm tired. Fair. Uh, And then my wild card prediction is uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown will both finish as top 10 receivers in full point PPR. All right. Well, that's it for both predictions week. We are done. Yes. We will be doing we will be doing more predictions as the uh offseason carries on. We are just about two months away from the start of uh legitimate draft season. Exciting times, exciting times. Um Adam and I will have it will have an episode out later this week. Um don't know what it's gonna be. We'll we'll figure that out as we as we as as we go along, you know, expert po- expert podcasting, you know, the whole the whole tease thing and everything like that. It's it's a surprise. You just got to you got to tune in. You got to find out. Planning uh, in that, advances for squares, as they say. Yeah, but that but it's it's like one one show that to fill because then next week we're doing division previews. So it's like one little show that we got to find, you know, some filler, and then it's division previews. Well, you know. What what do we always use as filler? Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. If only, 
if only the uh, the people you know wanted to listen to us talk about talk about Star Wars all day. There could be there could be a, a basic talk podcast just about Star Wars. A mock draft of Star Wars characters, or just a draft of Star Wars characters. No, that 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 is for the basement talk podcast, <laughs> which which we'll have to do an, an episode of um, to talk about the Rangers and their off season. That also has to get recorded, so we'll absolutely be uh, be doing that. Um, I'm rambling now. I'm a sleepy boy. Um, I'm just gonna stop talking while I have while I have the opportunity to do so. So for Adam, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye. Bye.